0: Hey everybody, this is Mike here with Hunting Ain't Easy. Uh, I'm going to use the podcast platform to share out some audio from a Zoom call I did last week. Uh, we had about two dozen, eh, 20 people participate, a small group of hunters who want to learn more about the Fish and Game Commission here in California and the upcoming Wildlife Resource Committee meeting that's on September 16th, Thursday. Um, So last week, September 9th, uh, I had a call, I had representatives with the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, California Rifle and Pistol Association, as well as uh, Bill Gaines, who's one of the most experienced leaders in our state when it comes to navigating the political arena uh, for wildlife management, hunting and fishing issues. So put together this call as kind of a preparation opportunity to get uh hunters just like myself and and just like you uh informed about what can be expected with the wildlife resource committee meeting how it's different from a standard fish and game commission meeting and talk about the opportunities that we've got with this upcoming meeting on september 16th to uh not just be informed about but also contribute to the discussion when it comes to um, big game tag returns Uh, huge issues right now in terms of public land closures due to fires in the state and how that's impacting our ability to hunt and especially our ability to hunt with premium tags Uh, you know some of these tags are are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities and um, so thankfully Department of Fish and Wildlife and Fish and Game Commission are proactively looking at some options to um, do tag returns, Uh, probably not fee returns, maybe some of the fees, some of these tags, you know, cost 500 or more dollars. So fee returns on some of these uh, point returns and other creative options that make it a little more of a fair situation when there's public land closures that affect our ability to hunt. So anyways, um, I've got some notes from the call. I've got some resources that I'm emailing out to everybody that attended the call. And if you want to have this information sent your way as well, uh, shoot me a direct message on Instagram at my, uh, my Instagram page, hunting ain't easy. Uh, I'll make sure you get these files as well that are related to the Wildlife Resources Committee meeting, and I'll keep you informed about future fish and game activities as well. So, um, if you've got an opinion or ideas about wildlife management in the state, uh, about tag allocations, or the current hot topic, hot topic being tag returns due to public land closures i encourage you to get involved and log into these meetings via zoom Uh, get informed and get involved and share your opinion share your thoughts with fish and game and the wildlife resources committee when you have an opportunity the next meeting is september 16th shoot me a dm on instagram i'll email you some of the resources that you're going to need and um, let's do this let's continue building the hunting community's ability to lead the dialogue, lead an informed conversation about wildlife management in the state and to preserve our rights and our opportunities, as well as support the game animal populations that we need here for uh, successful hunting. So thanks a lot. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, Look forward to seeing your emails and look forward to seeing you uh, at the meeting on Thursday, the 16th um bill gaines thanks for being here kevin told me that you've just got about 15 minutes or so so we'll um i don't know i'd like to hear your get your input um broadly on on what all we're doing and and your ideas for best practices for hunters in the community and whatnot so i think i'll i'll kick off um just roughly what our agenda is and purpose this evening and then uh hand it to you for for 10 minutes or so if that sounds all right you're muted right now, Bill. I like your back. I like your background, though, Bill. That's that's fantastic. Um, so, everybody, again, this. Uh, my is Mike Costello. Um, I'm organizing these, and uh, my my goal with this meeting and many many more like it in the future is that the hunting community come together, and um, we don't always have to think the same thing or say the same thing. But basically, come together in, in a way that we can communicate effectively. Um, I like to say that we start pulling in the same direction, in the sense that um, you know we're kind of adrift at sea sometimes, or we're fighting. We can't even see 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 the islands yet, and we're we're fighting about which 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 island we get to go to. So we need to start pulling in the same direction and and communicating effectively not just amongst ourselves but with the non-hunting community um i like to point out that you know we're just maybe two percent of the state's population we have to have the non-hunting community aligned with us to be effective if we're going to lead dialogue related to um wildlife management habitat management and and our privileges to hunt in the state um, so this, uh, this meeting this evening is specifically organized around the, the fact that next week, the Wildlife Resource Committee, which is part of the Fish and Game Commission, is meeting. And this fall meeting for the WRC has um, a lot to do with, um, well, that's where a lot of mammal hunting regulations originate um, or, or where they're vetted and developed over time. And so it has a, what they do has a lot to do with what we're interested in. And then more specifically, actually on the agenda next week is uh, the topic of tag returns or fee and point returns, um, and even some long-term policymaking considerations related to uh, wild, you know, uh, public lands closures, uh, especially due to wildfires, since we keep seeing that coming up. And I think it's fair to say the CDFW feels our pain like they know this is a stressful point. And if we look at the social media out there, most people think CDFW doesn't care. And I think, you know, I believe they actually do and they're being responsive to it. And so this is a part, this is an opportunity for us to see what the process is, contribute our voice, but also then relay what we see to the broader hunting community and point out the fact that CDFW is an ally and, um, and they're they're consider they they do consider our interests when it comes to policy making. Um, so with that, Bill, I want to kick it over to you for a few minutes and um, just get your ideas on on best practices for you know citizen hunters to to join these meetings and and participate and what's coming up on the agenda next week.
1: Well, first of all, thank you, um, and I'll stay on as long as I can, but I won't be able to stay on very long, but. Um, let me touch base first, Mike, on, on what you just mentioned about the Department of Fish and Wildlife actually caring about a lot of the same things that we care about and being allies. You know, in, in the case of the mammal hunting tag returns, in other words, the tag refunds and the point restoration, they clearly do. In fact, uh, that's why they're bringing this issue forward to the Fish and Game Commission, just like they did last year for the first time. It was unprecedented before because, as you probably know. Current regulations don't allow them to refund you know, tag fees under most conditions, or, or certainly to restore preference points. And so they're doing this because of land closures that are almost across the board, not their responsibility. We're talking national forests, a lot of private forest land and so on and so forth. Probably Fish and Wildlife had nothing to do with that, but they understand that that contributes to a massive loss of funding opportunity. So they're taking it upon themselves to bring this forward to the Fish and Game Commission, did that for the first time last year. And the Fish and Game Commission is another strong ally of ours right now. Hasn't been, you know, often in the past, but it certainly is right now because they're actually going to be entertaining this. And I can promise you that they have our strong support in moving forward with these tag returns and point restoration. They actually scrambled their meeting schedule last year to see to it that they could wrap up that discussion. Fish and Game Process, has it's a long often painful process. It's a 3 meeting process. You have to have a notice hearing first. Two months later, they'll have the discussion hearing. And two months later, they'll have the adoption hearing, unless for some reason they move it forward under some type of emergency regulation. That's the process. It takes about six months, right? And, And so it takes up a lot of their time. It doesn't move forward very quickly. Plenty of opportunity, good point, is for people like this to go ahead and weigh in on it. But nevertheless, the commission and the department are both dedicating their time to see to it that tag returns and points can be restored for hunters that simply didn't have enough hunting opportunity. So that, in my opinion, proves that they're allies of ours. Um, The the WRC committee is a relatively new committee. It's only been around, I'm going to guess, for maybe about five years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And, And it was actually created as a subcommittee of the Fish and Game Commission in an effort to allow more open, informal, if you will, dialogue between all stakeholders, you know, environmentalists, animal rights folks, hunting community, and others that they care in one way or another about our wildlife, you know, so that they didn't have that discussion dragging on full commission meetings for hours and hours and hours. I can promise you, Roy Griffith, who's on this call, and Kevin Bell and others that, that I've worked with in the past. I mean, we have sat in commission meetings, waiting for eight, nine hours, sometimes with one topic going on for three, four hours, even with people only being allowed to provide one minute of testimony on it. So, so they actually created the WRC in an effort to try to get a lot of that dialogue out of the way, so it doesn't take place in front of the full five-member commission. And hopefully, any rough points, instead of having us argue them out, you know, at the podium, let's argue them out in an informal. Format, if you will, you know elsewhere. So they created the WRC. The intent is for consensus to be reached at the WRC, and that to be brought forward to the full commission as a recommendation. And if you guys have printed up the the uh, agenda, um, you can see there's two there's two uh, co-chairs. The the current co-chairs, and this is just as of a couple of months ago, are Peter Silva, who's actually the president of the Fish and Game Commission right now and Erica Zavaleta who is the newest appointee and and so they can't have more than two otherwise it opens up a whole bunch of other legal requirements they have to have you know because they would have a quorum and the full commission and so on and so forth but but so what we need to do when issues come in front of the WRC is to get Commissioner Silva and Commissioner Zavaleta to agree with us so that they will bring what we would like to see brought forward to the full commission forward as a WRC recommendation. Let me give you a little bit of background on on Peter Silva and and Erica Zavalletta. Peter Silva is a water guy from from far Southern California, down in the Imperial Valley, down in that part of the world. He was put on the commission by Jerry Brown to deal with water issues (laughs) that comes in front of the Fishing Game Commission. Other than what he's learned in the past, I'm guessing he's been on the commission probably four or five years now. Uh, Whatever he's learned at commission meetings, he really didn't have any history of of hunting and fishing regulations prior to that. He tends to to follow the other people's lead, other commissioners' leads on on issues. And I promise you with his new co-chair of the WRC being Erica Zavoletta, that's exactly what he's going to do. She's got to a very extreme strong background in wildlife management. And on a positive point, she also has a very strong background on the role of hunting when it comes to wildlife conservation. She's written papers on the subject. So so she can be a very, very strong ally of ours. She certainly speaks um, from a a science-based perspective, which is exactly what we want her to do. Doesn't get caught up in the emotions that a lot of past commissioners have, especially when you have a lot of animal rights folks crying at the podium, you know, trying to save this critter or that critter. So I think we're positioned pretty well with Erica to achieve a lot of what we want with the WRC, confident that Peter Silva will follow her lead on these things. And then, so if fasting forward to the, the September 16th, you know, uh, agenda, going to talk about a lot of things besides mammal hunting tag returns. I mean, we've got the upland game bird hunting, mammal, other mammal hunting, waterfowl hunting, centralized sport fishing, and so on and so forth. It's all on the agenda. I will tell you that, that for the other items outside of the mammal hunting tag returns, the discussions are going to be pretty general. And, and if, if people on this Zoom have been involved in, in seasons and, and bag limit setting regulations, if you will, in the past, The way it works out is is the department has to pretty much open up when they go to their first hearing, the notice hearing, with, in most cases, just real sweeping type proposals because they just don't have enough information yet to provide a lot of detail as to specifically what they want to offer. I'll give you an example. In the case of of mammal tags, for D5, for example, D3 through 5, they might say 0 to 33,000 tags. Because that's all they can really do at that time until they get more data in, and then as you get closer to the adoption hearing, they'll fine tune their tag quotas, and then they'll they'll offer their their final recommendations, as you will, you know, as that meeting, the adoption hearing, comes very very close. So I wouldn't expect a lot of detail to come out on upland game hunting, mammal hunting, and waterfowl hunting. Waterfowl is driven by the federal framework, so we got to wait to see what the Fish and Wildlife Service does on that, you know. But if there's certain things that you're looking for that the hunting community wants to see in any of those that weren't in previous years regulations if you will if you want to see a change in what we've done for upland game bird hunting or, or let's say you don't want to see 7 mallards you only want to see 5 mallards or something like that which comes up occasionally and probably come up again this year even though you may have a 7 bird general bag limit you need to bring that stuff up at WRC it needs to come up at WRC. It needs to be vetted at WRC. It needs to be discussed at WRC, and and if we have enough consensus among the hunting community, and we can get a recommendation out of the WRC to coaches to the full commission, that that puts you on about the two yard line, you know, as far as getting that adopted when it comes to uh, into a final adoption. So, anyway, so that's kind of a rough blush of the WRC as as far as if you want to talk about stuff that's not on the agenda if you've got the agenda in front of your item two is general public comment for items that are not on the agenda that's where you speak up if you want to talk about something that's not on the agenda you got to do it under that agenda item or they'll shut you down if you try to bring it up under something else but in general i i think when it comes to just general performance if you will the hunting community and i don't need to tell you guys this stuff i mean I mean, we wanna come across as, as respectful, you know, conscientious, you know, and 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 just professional and and certainly wanna, you know, we don't want to make a fool of ourselves, which I've seen happen before, because there are gonna be other people on that call, either that or that'll watch the video later that that will find a way to, to <laughs> play that against us. So I think everybody on, on this Zoom is is, you know, obviously knows that, but. I've seen a lot of people step up there and make fools of themselves. Certainly know the subject matter, know the agenda, know the process and be respectful. And I mean,
0: Bill, I've got a question. Yeah, go ahead. So you say you need to, if you want to have some kind of mammal hunting regulation change, you need to bring it up at the WRC. Is that as simple as, Hey, I think we should go to, you know, a 20,000 tag limit and D three to five, or does it, is it something where it, it needs to be, in a petition written, you know, formatted in a, some kind of formal manner to say, it, to, to have it officially been brought up?
1: No, if, if it's something that that's already on their agenda, mm-hmm. you know, hunting, for example, I mean, you don't have to petition them to put it on there, right? I mean, and you don't have to petition to say, I would like to see, I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you know, but what they'll probably say is they'll probably reject it and say, that'll be discussed during the mammal hunting regulations process or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, uh, no, you don't have to actually petition them to do something like that. You could, but but it's easier just to bring it up at the WRC, talk about it there. You'll get a feel for what the department's thinking. But at least, you know, as you fast forward downstream, you won't get shot down because it wasn't discussed at WRC. I've seen that happen a lot. The other thing to note is that if the department wants to keep regulations exactly the same as last year, mm-hmm. They don't they only have to, to get commission approval for changes, if you will, for the most part. So if everything's going to stay the same, for example, go back up to the WRC last year at this time when we were looking at 2021 seasons or and, or tag quotas, for example. And, and those people that, that hunt, I think it was X3B that the department made a massive reduction in tags. I think they went from like 795 tags. Down to 500 tags because of fire-related issues up there, right? I see mm-hmm. Kevin nodding his head. I think those numbers are pretty close, right, Kevin? I mean, so so that was the one zone they actually talked about. They didn't talk. There, shoot, dozens and dozens of deer zones, right? They didn't talk about any of the rest of them because there was no changes to tag quotas, right? But they did talk about X3B or might have been X3A. It was one of those two. You know, because there was changes to that. So they try to focus in on just where changes are. And if there's no changes in other areas, there really isn't even a topic of discussion unless somebody wants it to be. And that's when you bring it up at WRC and say, wait a minute, I want to talk about, you know, X-11 or whatever it may be.
0: What if somebody wants to just overhaul the whole plan? like
1: just well then you're going every to, every, every zone time. new
0: hunt opportunities uh bear bear seasons like the whole the whole thing like you know revolutionary change what's the what's the approach there
1: well and, and i know i'll get a snicker out of roy on this one if he's still i don't see roy up right now but uh, if we bring up bears at wrc half the department staff is going to run out the back door i mean yeah they, they hate talking about bears right and, and of course the all and, but the other half of the environmental community will run in the front door, right? So yep. It's one of those topics. But yeah, if you're looking for, let's say you're looking for something like you want to be able to, to bait bears in spring or, or whatever, right? Well, yeah, then that's a more serious discussion that you're, you're likely going to want to start. And in fact, the, the way that we typically do it is we're meeting with the department way before WRC. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and other types of meetings to, to get ideas and planning. The, the best way is to have the department bring the proposal forward as their proposal, right? I see. I mean, so I mean, the, the way that we do it is meet with them way ahead of time, try to get department leadership, you know, on on uh, the same page as you. And then hopefully by the time you get to WRC, you've already got something half-baked, right? But if there's something something that's a big change, yeah, you better start working that early and you're likely going to have to petition the commission on it. Got it. And, and what they'll do, just so you know, like with, what the commission will do, almost in all cases, they'll refer it to, they'll they'll receive it at a commission meeting because I got an extremely painful formal process on this as well, mm-hmm. and then they will forward it to the commission or to the department rather for review and recommendation. Okay. And then you're going to have to wait sixty or ninety days for that, and then the department team may come back, thumbs up or thumbs down, depends on what it is.
0: So, got it. You said that you said that you know you bring up bears and all of a sudden all the anti-hunters come running in and the department staff run out what do what do we need to do about that because i think you know somewhere in the next couple years i think a lot of us in the hunting community would like to see some kind of change in terms of the bear you know management plan Mm -hmm. um do do we need to bring you know, a thousand people supporting something to have them even consider looking at it because it's such a a, a hot button issue. Like that's where it's a, it's on us if we want something to be approved, it seems like we need to bring some support.
1: Well, in, in the case of bears, the department has started a bear management plan. They haven't, they haven't looked at, at any type of, of management plan on bears in shoot, 20 years. So they're more. drafting
0: one? Yeah,
1: they're, they're just starting to get to work on that. Because okay. know that's a hot topic. They also know the bears are spinning out of control in California. And that, of course, trickles down to, to mm-hmm. doing damage to deer populations and everything else, right? But if they're going to propose any changes to, we've had our 1700 quota for how long now? Yeah. Right? The department's tried to change that a few times in the past prior to the loss of, of dogs for hunting bears. And the animal rights folks just absolutely just, just flooded the commission meetings, you know, but they didn't have, they didn't have any science to stand on. Right. You know, so they are working on a bear management plan. Not sure the timetable on that. I know they just got going on, it. you know, so if we're going to see changes to the bear hunting regulations, we need to make sure that it's considered in that bear management plan, you know, and, and as Roy can tell you, and as can Kevin, we just established a bear management subcommittee of our hunting and conservation coalition. Kevin's on there, as a matter of fact, I'm on there, Roy's on there. So, and, and the intent of that committee, Mike, is exactly what you just said. How can we drive changes and regulations, you know, when it comes to hunting bears and, and the management of bears? My end-all goal is not only to increase that quota, but is to get dogs back. I mean, you know, that's the only way we're really going to be able to, to even think about hitting quotas, even at the low 1700 quota you know, is is to get dogs back as a tool. But just going to the legislature saying we want to get dogs back, because that's where we have to do it, because otherwise we'll put it away, not the commission. I mean, you know, that's an absolute, you know, train wreck waiting to happen unless we've done our homework we have a management plan that, that, you know, states that that we need to take more bears and we've got everything lined up, you know, to make that happen. That's a tough fight anyway to slice it, but you're not going to even come close without a management plan that somehow calls for for dogs and the hunting of bears.
0: What's the timeline on a management plan like that? Is that two years out?
1: Um, I'd be surprised if it was done in two years. So longer. I, I really would. I mean, it took them okay. fifteen years. Yeah. How, to get plan. Yeah. Go ahead. Kevin. Yeah.
2: How long has the the deer management plan and the sheep plan been going on? Yeah. At least three, four years.
1: Yeah. No. It's it's it, it'll be a while, and it's not even at the top of the deck. I mean, the sheep plan's at the top of the deck, followed by the deer plan, you know, and, and then, you know, they're doing a bobcat management plan. That's a good thing to try to get bobcat hunting back, you know, and then, so the bear plan, yeah. What do you know, they we, need, what, what do they, we, they need
0: they, to do, get these plans done in, in less time? Is it, do they just need time or do they need resources?
1: They need resources, what? Well, I mean, they flat out and- they just don't have the staff. Right. And then they're constantly being yanked in different directions and and so on. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: okay. I think it starts with staff, Mike, and then staff funding. And then, like Bill said, being constantly yanked in different directions, um, you know, at the at the at the direction of the state and the current administration. That's the hard part.
1: Got it. Let Let me add one to that, Robert. I mean, you know, there's been studies done by the Department of Fish and Wildlife in concert with the California Deer Association on bears and what they take when it comes to deer. Yep. And they collared, um, these numbers are off the top of my head. This study was done like about five years ago up in Northern California. They collared, I think like a hundred fawns, something like that, bears, not mountain lions, not coyotes, bears killed 80 of them, you know? And, and so, I mean, bears, when fawns are like from zero to one month old, they just dev- are devastated by by bears, right? You know, and then, you know, when they can't catch the fawns, what do they do? They'll go chase a mountain lion off an adult kill, you know, and then they'll eat that. And then the mountain lion has to kill another one. So, I mean, that's very true. But the point is,
0: I want to, I want to, Robert, I want to jump in. Um, I think the problem, Bill, and tell me if I'm wrong. The problem with the mountain lions is that is more of a lightning rod than even bear tags and bear seasons. And one of my concerns is about how we prioritize sequentially what we do as a community is if we lead with the mountain lion argument we lose we we lose our audience we lose we lose a lot of things whereas incrementally there's other things that we can build trust build alliances on early yeah we want to get to mountain lions I do um absolutely I think we should raise a million dollars a year selling tags for mountain lions mm-hmm. hands down but if i lead with that i don't get anything if i lead with habitat development if i lead with you know adjusting deer tag quotas if i lead with you know some of these other things maybe maybe it's a second fall bear tag you know we don't we don't go straight to hound hunting or spring mm-hmm. incrementally that that's how these things were taken away from us and so i think incrementally we need to prioritize how we approach winning trust and winning allies early in this game knowing that it's a five-year deal like it's this is a like some of these things we just won't get to for for quite a while is that oh my is god, that, I, what I do god i agree
3: with
4: that yeah i agree with that but i was asking bill as an attorney mm. um, can this be challenged in that kind of a way outside <laughs> yeah. of what we're trying to do here
1: Well, you know, I I wish we could go out and and challenge, you know, a vote of the people on wildlife management issues. I mean, and and I wish we could do that with the state legislature as well. I mean, they've got absolutely no business voting on things like should we be able to use dogs to pursue hounds. That's what the commission is for. Right. I mean, which is appointed by the governor and confirmed by the state Senate. Yep. You know, and, and so that's one of the things that, that we're trying to do and, and Roy, who I don't see, I don't know if Roy dropped off or what, but uh, but Roy and I have been working very hard on trying to get the commission to take more positions on legislation. We actually got Eric Sklar, who was still on the commission, he was previous president, to testify on the Bobcat bill a couple of years ago. Is that last year or two years ago? They all kind of blend together two years ago, I believe. Um <laughs> And he did. He came in. He didn't come in representing the commission. He came in representing himself. You know, but the commission can take positions on legislation. The department can't unless they have the approval of the governor. So even though the Department of Fish and Wildlife may hate legislation, they may let's say they're opposed to taking away you know the use of dogs to hunt bears. They can't oppose that bill unless the governor, because they work for the governor, gives you the approval to do so. Doesn't happen very often. First, the department's got to request it. The commission, on the other hand, they can Once they're confirmed by the Senate, the governor can't touch a commissioner. They got six-year terms. He can't say, gee, I don't like you. You're gone, if they've been confirmed by the Senate. So they're untouchable in that way. They can't take positions on legislation. The problem is they haven't. And, And when the state legislature is proposing legislation that dives into wildlife management, almost always based on emotions, right? I mean, the commission ought to step up and say, wait a minute, you, you're supering our authority. That's what we're here for. You know, we do our meetings in full public, you know, forum, public testimony, the whole nine yards. And there's a hell of a lot more opportunity for anybody, whether you're pro or con on an issue to testify in front of the Fish and Game Commission, then there is in front of the state legislature on issues. I like promise you that. So, and we could in? we could
0: throw this we could throw support behind the commission in that regard. We could we could I feel like we as a community should be in a position to embolden them to go and go and fight those fights on behalf of themselves. In That's some good. cases, couldn't we, Kevin? What you got?
2: Yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit on on Robert's point as well, um, and and some of the things that I think we need to be supporting here to help those types of things happen Robert you talked about the science of mountain lions in California we don't really have any science on mountain lions in California unfortunately there's some some color studies that are going on in like the Santa Monica mountains and stuff like that with the the lions down there but statewide there is not a whole lot that we know actually about mountain lions there has been some work that's been done but um that that's always been the hard part to stand on is we don't have, you know, a lion management plan. We don't have all of those things to be able to say, hey, we've got the science that says there are this many lions, and they are, which we all know there's a ton of lions they haven't been managed in forever. And now it's even harder to kill them with the depredation permit. So um I think that's the challenge in 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 using that and trying to, you know challenge what what's happened with with prop 117 is, is we don't have the science yet to back it we don't have the science department but we can help <clears throat> to encourage the department to get that science to eventually be able to make those decisions and that population modeling is
4: ongoing right now reliance specific
0: gotcha got it
1: hey mike if yes. I could, i'd like to touch base on on or weigh in on a comment you made you know just a couple minutes ago because i think you're dead on and the hunting communities, first of all, I'm excited to see that, that you know John Q. Hunter is, is actually getting involved now. We've done a really good job, I, I think, and I think Kevin would agree, when it comes to getting the organizations, the Rocky Mountain Elks, the Calderas, the Turkey Federations, and, and these groups engaged politically, I, we're more organized now than I think we've ever been, for sure, and, and we're working on trying to get the fishing organizations you know, to align with us on a lot of our issues and so forth as well, right? So I think we're making a lot of progress on that. Mm-hmm. Getting just the John Q individual hunters engaged, I think is fantastic. Go out and join your conservation organizations because they're doing good work, whichever one your favorite ones may be. Join them all, right? You know, but getting involved as an individual as well is, is incredibly important. And, and seeing that happen really fires me up. Yeah. And to your point about kind of pick your battles, we got to pick our battles. I mean, because otherwise we'll wear everybody out. I mean, if they get 12 action alerts in a week, weigh in on this, weigh in on that. They're going to say, screw it. I don't have time for this. I just want to go hunt. Right. I I get that. So I I think picking our battles, making sure that we're heavily organized on what those battles are Mm -hmm. and then moving forward and then sequentially moving through them, I think is by far and away the way to go. So I appreciate your comments on that.
0: Great. Thank you. Yeah, so I think in the second half of the call, I, I'd like to look at the meeting itself, the WRC meeting. We've got um, we've got public comment for non-agenda items, and then we've got um, three agenda items that generally. I don't know if you guys will be see see my screen, but I'll, I'll share my screen. Um, So we've got three um, agenda items specifically that are related to hunting. Um, And if people can't stay for the whole meeting, uh, Bill, Kevin weigh in, if people can't stay for the whole meeting, then it seems like the best opportunity for them to just speak and make themselves known as present as a hunter is to speak during public comment um and that would be more of like what we did last time at the fishing game meeting last month where people spoke and just you know generally said you know what their priorities are you know maybe it's call out that that you know you support you know the the fact that there's a bear you know a new bear plan in development and, and you support that and you want to see that go forward or um that you're interested in seeing you know tags Tag allocations adjusted to to put, keep more wildlife on the landscape, or things like that. Is that the appropriate use of the public comment?
1: Typically, I'll, I'll take first crack at that, and then Kevin, by all by all means, weigh in. Typically, it depends on how Silva and and Zavoletta want to run the meeting. Mm-hmm. If there if there's something on agenda later on, like you could argue bear, you know, saying something about bear hunting, obviously it would fall under mammal hunting, right? Mm-hmm. They might tell you what kind of a mood they're in. That's on the agenda. You know, later in the meeting, we'll talk about it at that time. They might do that. Right. You know, but if for some reason you can't, like you said, if you can't stay for the whole meeting and you've got something incredibly important that you want to bring up and there's no way you can cover it during the regular agenda item on that topic, well, there's no downside, I guess, in the trying to bring it up in public comment, you know, they won't dive into a discussion on it, no. either, whereas they might under the under the regular agenda item later on, though. I mean, I think that's what you want is to have have the department, you know, enter into a discussion about it. Yeah. You know? And they won't do that under public comment, I'm sure.
0: No. So with brevity, you know, be basically being being quick. And it, I think to me, it just seems like it's the opportunity to let them know that we're there.
1: Right. I would agree with that.
0: OK. Um, anybody have any questions on that side on that aspect of it in terms of public comment i don't see hands raised um that's the way it works (laughs) fantastic so then in reverse order because i think these will be where we're gonna have the most interest and maybe where the most you know current hot topic is literally is agenda item five and that's where they'll be looking at this year some kind of you know some kind of adjustment to this year um providing you know point or fee returns for people affected by public land closures and second to that looking at long-term rulemaking policy opportunities um this is where i don't know if all hunters are going to feel the same you know part of me says cdfw needs money like i i'd rather them have full funding than um have other agencies by intent or negligence, have a mechanism to you know, basically take money out of CDFW's pockets by closing public lands. And so, Bill, Kevin, do you have an idea of where you think this will go? Um, I know there's people out there that say, oh, I want all my money back. But you know, I, I think other people, other hunters say, no, keep the money, but figure out a way to make it um, feel more fair or adjust the seasons or things like that.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, again, I'll weigh in and then Kevin, by all means, you know, you know, follow up. Um, you know, I, I will tell you in my discussions with the department about this and, and what zones they're going to consider doing this for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are yet to be determined, right? But it's only those that have been unreasonably impacted as far as hunting opportunity is concerned. You know, last year there was what, there was two two antelope zones, 14 oak zones, and, and a wild sheep zone that had fees re- refunded and preference points restored, right? No deer zones. Uh, what they're looking at this year, again, is obviously what, you know, antelope, sheep, and, and elk. In those cases, you're talking tags that are $500 plus, right? right. And, and they are looking at not only just restoring preference points, but also refunding tag fees like they did last year. I will tell you, they're not going to automatically do that. The hunter's got to come to them and say, I want a refund and restoration of points, right? So it's it's not a blanket, everybody gets it. You got to come back and ask for it. I mean, Mm -hmm. but but nevertheless, this year, what they're considering that they didn't consider last year is also doing it on select deer zones. Some of the X zones or G3, for example, some of the zones that are absolutely difficult Although G3 wasn't impacted by fires, but, but the really hard to draw got to have max points type deer zones. They are looking at restoring preference points on some of those. When it comes to deer tag fees, well, what's a deer tag this year? 31 bucks or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it actually costs them to go through the administrative process of, of refunding tag fees and restoring preference points. They ran the numbers on this and I've talked to, it's about $50.00. A hunter to do that. So they they are not looking at restoring tag fees for deer hunters, right? Preference points in some zone, yes. Tag fees, no. So, I mean, I mean that's what I can tell you about the mammal hunting stuff. I know they're crunching numbers as we speak, and fires are still doing damage. So we'll see what, what they're planning on bringing forward. I don't expect them to bring a lot of specificity forward on the 16th. Okay. They'll be a lot smarter in, at the October full commission meeting. And then, of course, in December. December, And they've got time because it is a three-meeting process I turned, talked about earlier. They've got time to narrow in on what exact zones for all of those various species that they want to actually allow the refunds and, and the restoration of points for. Right. So I don't expect them to bring, except for maybe one or two obvious ones, I don't expect them to bring anything forward on the 16th. It's going to be more just a general discussion of what they'd like to do
0: is yeah. this also where they might start entertaining changing the seasons you know p- I, some people have said there you know we should have later seasons of course that would crush the you know the the harvest numbers would go up quite a bit is this where they start looking at at either more flexible seasons or different hunt they're, seasons as well
1: they're not gonna i i expect that to come up mm-hmm and and I've talked extensively with the department about doing that and they are looking into doing that. They won't have the wherewithal, I don't think, or the data to do that for the 2022 seasons. I think it'll be discussed. I don't think they're going to take a bite of that this year. I think they've got a lot of research and we're going to want to be at the table for that as well, right? You know, for for how they want to tackle that when it comes to next year. But they do want to push seasons out of the fire danger zone if you will. I mean, most, most states hunt during the run, right? We don't. You're, you're right, it's success would go way up, but what we would see, Mike, to offset that is, they want the same number of dead deer at the end of the year, right? right? Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. let's say success doubles, well, then we can expect to see the tag quotas be cut in half. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and, and what they do with the two tag system that we have now, I mean, that's at play as well. Maybe they tinker with that, maybe they cut us down to one tag. All of these things are gonna be discussed, and that is something that mammal hunters and the hunting community certainly want to be at the table for. Got it. Yeah,
2: and, and Mike, I just wanted to touch real quick too on on the, the fee restoration. Like Bill mentioned, these aren't going to be for like B zone and D three through five hunters. You know that which is the main bulk of the the big game management account is is your kind of over the counter um, deer tag hunter. It's going to be for like X6A, X6B, that the Dixie Fire pretty much burned the entire zones of um, those, those types of things, along with obviously the antelope, sheep, elk, the things that take, you know, 20 plus, 20 to you know however long to be able to actually draw for. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be a huge hit to the department in terms of funding and lost to lost revenue to the big game management account. Um, so I, I don't think you have too much
0: concern there. Do it. Anybody have any other questions or comments on, on that?
4: Uh, right. One item, they, yeah. they could always uh, allow the A, B zones to carry over mm-hmm. to next year. Turn in your 21 tag and you get a 22 tag. That's still a monetary hit, but it's not $50 a, a hunter.
1: Yeah. So so let me see if I understand that comment. So what what you're saying is, gee, didn't get an opportunity to hunt this year because of of land closures and so forth. Therefore, just let me hold on to my 2021 tag and use it in 2022. Is that what you're saying?
4: Well, turn it in for a 2022 tag.
1: You know, the other thing that did come up that's kind of sort of related to that or similar to that is this came up last year and I fully expect it to come up this year. It is... And this is some, something that the hunting community is likely going to be split on, you know, is there was people arguing that did get drawn for lifetime tags, if you will, last mm-hmm. year, couldn't use them. And they said, Whoa, wait a minute. And there's some legitimacy to this argument. You know, i waited 19 years to get this tag, I finally got drawn. And the best you can do is, is give me back my points and throw me back in the pool. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shouldn't I be able to hold that tag you know, over for 2021. You know exactly that. That was that was brought up last year. It got a teeny bit of traction with the fishing game commission. The department pretty much deep sixed it. They don't really want to go there, from what I can tell, <laughs> this year either. Um. So anyway, it's hard that, to get uh, that
0: lucky twice.
1: You're right. <laughs> no, I, I gotta admit, you know, if I got drawn for one of those tags and I lost it because of. of you know, a, a closure and, and I'd take my refund, but holy smokes, I wouldn't be happy about it,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Doug, what's <laughs> up, man?
4: Yeah, I got one, uh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, one comment kind of along those lines. And um, we all know point creep is an issue. And the more tags get turned back in and points are restored, the more point creep is gonna get worse. And I'm not saying that I'm against people getting the points returned and reinstated and, and getting another point, but it's just, I feel like it's something to consider. Because um, the next guy in line is having to wait another year now and possibly on down the line further. Um, just something to consider um, in the discussion. Yep. I think,
0: um, I think, that, think this is a
4: very, a very good point.
0: Yeah. I, I think these are, these are situations where, you know, you get 12 of us together. We're going to have 12 slightly different to very different ideas of what's ideal. Um, I think we have to accept that that's going to be the case. I think, but most important is that 12 of us go in front of the WRC and 12 of us go in front of the uh, the, the the commission and share what we think, knowing that the commission is going to do something which is better than than the nothing that that we expect or, or have seen in the past. Um, so there's going to be a lot of different flavors of solution that 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 are thrown out there and right now if they do not they 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 have the you know prerogative they have the opportunity to do nothing Um, so anything that they do is is more creative than than what they've got as as their standard policy but we need to be out there and share what you know doug i may not agree with you but we can still have a beer later, you know, and and so we need to put our ideas in front of the commission and let them sort them out as to what's going to be, you know, best for wildlife management, best for funding, et cetera. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for us to say, hey, here's what I think. But you know what? This is also an opportunity. The commission and the CDFW start looking at more premium hunt opportunities in general like start building out more hunt opportunities that pull people through the draw across the board um if we tag that onto every one of our 12 different opinions they start hearing something that has potential for long-term change because they hear some commonality amongst what we're saying um which i think nobody would disagree with his need is is more draw opportunities right right uh jr
5: Yeah, Mike, you just you just hit on my point right there at the end is that, um, you know, working on the R3 program, working through that out. I mean, one of the big things that came up as a detriment was, you know, was point creep, Um, you know, and it's and there's no fair answer to anybody. It's not fair to new hunters, but it's also not fair to people that have been putting in for years. And so finding more of those draw, draw opportunities. Um, you know, you can do it with deer, but, you know, quite frankly, I don't think we can ever really get there with uh, elk and elk and antelope, maybe a little bit, but sheep, clearly not. Um, we just don't have enough of those tags, even if they do bump them another, another 10 or whatever. What are we at? 27 tags right now. Yeah. Um, 31 right but i mean Mm. (laughs) nothing right i mean (laughs) and there's still max point holders that put in for point only so (laughs) right (laughs) Um, but um but yeah i mean i think that's i I think but that's a thing that the department has to to look to recognize on you know these actions is that how how do we try and get more people flushed through and and maybe there's some additional fundraising opportunities through that um you know and also to cycle people through but i mean there's the department's definitely in a, in a really tough spot with these closures. Yep. Phil, yeah,
2: I think
0: Kevin, go ahead I was, and Phil.
2: I was just going to say, I think in the last uh, 10 years, um, 10 or 15 years, we've increased applications to the big game draw by 20,000. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a huge increase, um, especially when you're looking at, hunter numbers typically on on the decline people are just starting to figure this out so creeps just going to continue to worse worse just like you said jr so i i think that we are going to see a plan from, from dan ryan that may have some potential to create some more hunt opportunities and alleviate some of that point creep um, but again you know we got to look at where where these tags can be cut to create these opportunities and how exactly that's going to work.
0: Yep. On that note, Dan's not on this call, but when he's ready to put what he's got out in the public eye, I think we need to do a call and have him present it. We need to get the hunting community jazzed and excited about, about what's being worked on so that we can go to the fishing game commission with kind of a unified voice behind one petition, um, to, to see something carried through, uh, Phil, and then we'll go to Heather.
6: Yeah. So the, (laughs) This may be a stupid question, but I'm I'm trying to figure out this. The basis this is for this WRC meeting. Obviously, I'm new to this. I missed the last one. It 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 seems to me that if if we go there, there are twelve of us, and we have twelve different opinions. We're not doing. It seems to me like we need to have a unified voice, you know, in these things and just showing up. So I guess I'm curious about in this meeting that's coming up. What. What do you want me to say? Right. I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of there. I I'd like to, yeah, I kind of like, yeah. What, what's the purpose of this meeting? Is it just to say, Hey, I'm a hunter. I'm engaged. I'm watching you. And you know, I care or I guess I'm trying to figure that out. Does that make sense?
0: No, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say a little more elaborate version of what you just said is perfect for, for public comment. You know if you if, if there's something that's passionate that you're passionate about that you want to see, whether it's more research, more database decisions, you know that's that's where public comment is. And then I think if you can hang on for the, uh, the agenda items, I think some things will be said in those agenda items that's going to st- you know stir you to s- want to have a comment or say yes, I, I support that or no, I don't or whatnot. Um, and at the end of the day, the other thing is they see how many people are logged in. You know, they see 37 of the same names every single time and they know which org they're with and they know who they are and they know, you know, what their stance is. If they see five new hunters, that's, they know that those are, that's a new, that's a new person in their audience. And it's, um, it's unique for the hunting community to show up as individuals. Um, and they will take note of it and it will be, it, it, it does have value. It doesn't feel like it has value sometimes, but it, it does have value. Hey, hey, hey,
1: Mike, could I could I weigh in on that real quick? Yeah. And, and yep. feel, I, I think you're dead on on that. I mean, there are gonna be issues, as you mentioned, Mike, where your hunting community is gonna be all over the map. You know, in, in those cases, there's really not much we can do, but I in a lot of cases we can get on the same page. I think these types of Zoom calls are great. I mean, For example, fast-forwarding to to this coming meeting, I mean, the one thing that I would think that everybody on this call could agree upon is the fact that the department should be thanked for for the willingness to put the time and the effort, because it's a lot of time on staff part, you know, to make the recommendation that some zones should have tags refunded and preference points restored, right? You know, and and the commission also should be thanked for spending their rulemaking time you know, following through on that. So I, I think thanking the department for, for being our ally, as we referred to them earlier in this call, you know, on this topic, you know, it's important. We may argue over what zones are included, which ones aren't or whatever, you know, as time comes on. But I, I would hope that the hunting community would at least appreciate the fact that in my opinion, the department is trying to do the right thing by spending their staff resources on trying to find ways and getting the approval from the commission to refund tag fees and restore preference points
0: right. agreed heather
3: well yes for me i just have a couple of questions on the public comment are we looking at three to five minutes or three minutes five minutes what's their standard on the public comment
1: typically at full commission meetings it's three minutes it depends on right. how many people are lined up Oftentimes, not so much on WRC, because you don't get the hundreds of people on WRC that you're going to get in full commission. But typically, they'll open up with three minutes. But as I mentioned earlier, WRC is very informal relative to full commission meetings. So it just depends on on, on how they play it, right? But I would expect no more than three minutes.
3: So I guess my, my comment comes in, uh, not only with with just the public comment and how, how much time they give, but wildlife management and conservation doesn't matter if the forest service isn't going to step up and start doing, um, management bottom line. Um, we live in an area where we get a ticket for going out in our backyard pretty much because that is my backyard right now. And I can't even do things like walk our goats or anything because we get a ticket for going outside. So this has got to stop. And I don't know as a hunter, how we can get involved in that aspect of um, really coming forth with the forest service and saying, you know, you guys need to start treating your employees better and you need to really start doing management on the forest. So I guess that's where I'm at as one hunter. I don't know. And I know this is probably not even the right forum, but you know, as far as wildlife management and tags and hunting, it's not going to matter if the Forest Service keeps shutting things down.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, can, I, can I comment on just, that? Real
0: just a sec, Bill, I want to point out, Chris yeah. on the call and Elizabeth both, both mentioned the same thing. And so where how can we support CDFW in using their leverage, their influence to get Forest Service to do better?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that I would caution people on this Zoom call, because I see it happen all the time. And, and it doesn't make commissioners happy, you know, is, is because I'm frustrated with forest closures too. I'm sure. I mean, I've seen way too many lock gates and you, you, you prior to the fire issues. Right. You know, but the commission of course has absolutely no authority over that at all. You know, so bringing it up, I think it's worth mentioning, gee, I'm frustrated with the forest closure and so on and so forth. But I mean, you know, starting to, to make that like your primary topic of, of discussion i think I'd be, I'd be careful about that but what you could say is you know I, I what i'd like to see happen is the department get more engaged and the commission get more engaged with the forest service when it comes to talking as landowner partners if you will right and, and trying to keep some of these lands open the commission has indicated a willingness to become more engaged at some recent previous meetings. I think the department is frustrated with some of the closures as well, although they had to close some of the Roselands too. So I, I think urging the commission and the department, you know, to become more engaged with these other resource agencies, you know, on, on how they land manage their lands and, and as far as public assets and so forth, I think that's a legitimate comment to make at this, at this upcoming meeting. Yep. Agree.
7: Hey Mike, can I I'm just gonna touch in on the Forest Service stuff. So those who are interested in trying to get the Forest Service to do their job, um, stop closing roads, stop putting up gates, um, taking better care of their forests. This includes oh um like off-road trails and things like that. Get a hold of Corva. Um, there's I forget her name. She came to one of our meetings. Um, for those of you don't know. I'm a board member and an officer for California Houndsmen. We've had CORVA come into our meetings before for um, gate closures. So I would get a hold of CORVA. They go county by county, more or less. So your biggest impact for your forest service is going to be with your county, not necessarily as a whole entity. Attack them small. Mm -hmm. That's where you start. So just. Got it. Anybody that wants to go the Forest Service and try to get them to take care of their stuff, go to your county side and start there because that's where you're going to make your biggest impact, and then spread outwards. And so get people from different counties to do the same thing, vice versa. El Dorado County has always been a hot topic, um, so has been I think Tulare. But anyway, um, start small. That's my best advice there.
1: Kelly, sure. the, the gal that you're referring to the came to the houndsman meeting is amy grunette
7: yes her yes yeah. <laughs> thanks bill i knew you would remember oh
1: yeah Great. that was
7: a that was a fun
3: meeting
0: heather did you have another comment you
3: no good? sorry that was it that's thank right. thank
0: you good so um agenda item four that's just general mammal regulations is that where we can expect yeah, something that I might want to talk about deer tags, I would save it for that section as opposed to doing it during public comment.
1: I I would if if you want let's say you want to propose a change for X5 or whatever, pick a zone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I would bring it up under item 4.
0: Okay. What would we expect them to be what level of discussion would we expect from this meeting and would there be would is there a tell like do they indicate something in this meeting what they're going to be focused on down the road
1: they won't even like i referred to earlier if, if they're looking cuz they're only going to talk about changes in front of the commission right again if, if if they're not looking at changing the quotas on on a certain zone they're not even going to talk about it, right um so they might provide a little specificity as to you know where they're considering some tag changes. I would expect some, some obviously to be reduced just like they did last year for the X3 zone. Mm -hmm. So they might shed a little bit of light on that, but my sense is that they're going to stop way short of providing any specificity on exact tag quotas. That would come up in October. That would come. Well, no, I mean, it will likely come up sometime just prior to, uh, you know, to February. To be honest with you. (laughs) Got it. That's typically when they finalize their tide quotas. It's it's you know, so, it's a couple of weeks before the final meeting.
0: So how do we influence that? Do we influence it through communications to CDFW before we get to that point or 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 is it just
1: well remember, you know, bring you, you want to bring it up at WRC. Okay. Right. And and I mean, if you can get WRC to bring that forward as as a committee recommendation to the commission. Your gold right you know but you're going to have to convince the department to get the commission to do that but but remember you've got the notice hearing in october right you can bring it up then because they'll take public testimony you can bring it up again in december you can bring it up for the, the final adoption hearing as well you just got to stay on them about it right and then and don't just go home at the end of the commission meeting and not talk to the department again until the next until the next commission meeting i mean you got to work it in between the, in between the meetings as well
0: doug
4: yeah i have one more uh comment slash question on the tag returns and and maybe somebody here has an answer um why can't somebody who returns who's able to return a premium tag get their points reinstated they don't get their money refunded why are they not allowed to pick up an available tag Um, it's my understanding that they, if there's still a D3-5 tag available, even an archery-only tag, they're not able to pick up another tag. They're stuck with uh, just getting a point and maybe their second tag, so they only have one tag for the year.
1: Hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I I, I didn't well, know think think that was the case.
2: I, I, I might be it. wrong on this, Doug, but I, th- I think what it is is I think it's if you've already – Gone through your second deer tag application and purchased a second tag. When you try to return that first tag, is where you run into the issue. I'm not sure why, but I think that's where where the issue comes into
4: play. Yeah, I've had several people contact me, or you know, basically just asking me about whether they should return their tag or not. And they've been talking with Fish and Wildlife, and they're hesitant to return their tag because they can't get another tag to replace it, even though there's still tags available. Um which I, I don't understand why they're not allowed to do that. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know 100% for sure because I haven't contacted Fish and Wildlife or looked at the regulations. It's just what I've heard from people who have been talking to Fish and Wildlife. And I think that's something that should be possibly looked at and addressed because I, I don't see any reason why you got 90,000 archery only tags still available, why a person <laughs> can't get one of those.
1: Doug, I think that's an example of something that is entirely legitimate to bring up at WRC. Right. I mean, because that will allow you to have some dialogue with the department about it. I'm, I'm sure that the commissioners are going to go, huh, is that the case or not? Right? But, right. but the department should know and you'll have department leadership on there. Bring it up and let's talk about it. And if that is the case, which I don't know if it is or not, but if it is, you know, this is the opportunity to start the process to fix that.
0: And some of those little but, almost like administrative bugs are, are it seems like those are the easy ones for for them to work on and, mm-hmm. and resolve. Chris, what you got? Chris and McKelvey or Get do you myself
2: go? all turned on there. Sorry about that. There Mind. you go. You get me. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if it's um, if it's worth it or if this is the appropriate place to even bring it up. But is it worth? I mean, I'm sure they know that we would like to have cats reopen, reinstated as a hunt. Is it worth just continually throwing that in there? I mean, again, we don't want to flood them with just just have us all say, hey, by the way, you know, we want to hunt mountain lions, but is it worth it to throw it in once at each of these, you know, at each of these Zoom calls?
1: You want my opinion on that? I would say no. Um, <laughs> the, the commission doesn't have the authority to restore that. I mean, that's got to go back to a vote of the people, right? So, yeah. It, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't bring that up, but personally, I wouldn't bring it up. I don't think there's any value to doing that. Okay.
0: Not until we can get every, uh, participant at our 4th of July party to be in favor of it. <laughs> JR.
5: Yeah. Back to the, not, there's no ability to purchase another tag. It's something within the rules that if you've drawn a premium tag, um, it's basically like fully allocated your first tag. All. um. I'll, I'll find the code section and send it over to you but I was looking at it like a couple of weeks ago and it was one of the things that surprised me um, it's it's in the code I'm pretty sure it's in the code somewhere I'll, I'll send over the section to you
1: is it in the code or is it in the regulations you know JR? Uh
5: I I'm, I literally just pulled up my computer I'm gonna go I'm gonna go find it again right now um, and figure out figure out where it's at but it's something like if you've drawn a premium tag like the the mechanism is is that you you've effectively got like consumed your first your your first tag and so if you buy a second then you can no longer you've you already allocated two tags so it's it's something to that effect i'll i'll figure it out and i'll send a um i'll send the the section over
1: because it's just so so people know if it's in the fishing game code again the commission doesn't have the authority to tinker with it that's got to go to the state legislature if it if it's in the regulations yeah that that's fair game for the commission so we ought to know that before the 16th so that we're not bringing up something that, uh, you know, that we should be talking about at the legislative level instead of the fishing Game Commission level.
0: Got it. That's where we've got a lot of learning to do is how those are differentiated. <laughs> so that's key. Um, Doug, question?
4: Yeah. Well, I just wanted to uh, to say, yeah, it just sounds like that's probably something that was probably had maybe good intentions at one time before, because there was a time when yeah it was really hard to return a tag. You needed to basically be dying to return a tag um, to get to get your points back or whatever. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, something that's kind of maybe outdated and kind of ran its course. in, in this day and age, with uh, the closures and everything, that yeah should be should be relooked at um, if if at all possible. And if somebody can do that research to find out if that's something that can be change or not would be great but uh I, I do have to get going i just want to say thank you to mike and kevin and bill for uh all your guys's work and, and putting this putting this together and, and sharing your knowledge and uh yeah helping us hunters out
1: yeah we, we is hunters doug yeah <laughs> we, we's one of you
2: yeah, thank, thanks for being on, Doug, and, and I literally did nothing, so thank, thank Mike and Bill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bill, that that was a heck of a 10 minutes you, you gave us, yeah, Bill. I really appreciate I, it. I'll take I, your 10 I, minutes anytime. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that I'll, I'll pay for it later. But <laughs>
0: yeah, no, thank you. Um, okay. So, hey, I'll, I'll send out um, the agenda as a guy. I'll, I'll put some notes on there. I'm going to have the links to the the, the, the uh, WRC meeting agenda uh the meeting documents which are not posted yet but they will be at some point and then also the zoom link will be there for everybody to log in um you know first and foremost if if you can be there logged in paying attention that will be noticed that we've they've got more individual hunters paying attention Um, so Phil, if that's all, if that's all you got, man, I want you there. (laughs) That's good. Um, public comment, if it's not part of the agenda is, is, is good. And then obviously if, if we can speak during the agenda items, that's, uh, that, that's best. Um, but, you know, secondly, share this with friends, share this with other hunters, share this with, you know, let them know that, Hey, these folks are actually listening more. They're doing more than we give them credit for. And um, you know, Facebook's a, a a vicious, you know, tainted, toxic place a lot of times. But the more of us that try to bring some levity and some perspective to it, you know, the more we can turn people around and and um, and get them here and actually start to leading these conversations. So, um, appreciate y'all being here. Um, and, and you'll get an I email from me in the next you? day or two. Yeah, Charles.
6: Um, and this will probably be a question for Bill and Kevin. Um, so. One of the things, how I think in the state of California, we have a right to fish and in many um, states, there's a right to hunt. Um, That I think is an extremely important um, subject issue that if we could get that passed, that would solve and protect many of our issues. How, what's that process for the right to hunt in California um, to emulate the right to fish that already is in California, I believe.
1: I, Charles, I can't tell you how many times that's been brought up over the 30 years I've been doing this stuff. You know, um, well, to, to make a change to the Constitution the state legislature, you need a four-fifths vote. OK, so it's right. Legisl- okay. now, yeah. Remember that, that the, uh, the liberals have a, a super majority right now. I mean, it would be a hell of an uphill battle mm-hmm. to do something like that. It's, if that, if that would have been something easy, Charles, we would have done it. We talked about doing that 25 years ago. When when the legislature was a hell of a lot more balanced than it is now, mm-hmm. and, and you know we didn't think we could get it done then, I agree it, it would be it would be the holy grail if we could do it right, right. you know. But but the way the playing field is right now, I you'd spend a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of money, you'd probably end up with nothing at the end of the day.
6: Mm-hmm. So I think when we have the um, when we have issues where science is clearly on our side, and science is clearly not on whoever's opposing us, it's, it's not always, mm-hmm. you know, liberals or whatever. There's, there's plenty of hunters across the, the spectrum. Um, we need to call out the opposition as being anti-science. And I think with, especially in this day and age where it's all about follow the science, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. So that's how we, that's what we should focus on with the people who do not hunt, the undecided um, you know, the, the people who are just sort of in the middle and have, have no, you know, they don't hunt or anything. And when it comes to changing their minds, we really need to focus on the science. We, we can't tell them it's our heritage and all that. They don't, they're not gonna relate to that. And we have to understand that we have to come from that position. Um, so I think to, to go back to, um, who was it? One of the, Phil. He was saying, "What are the things that we should say um, at these at these meetings? We need to to um, we need to bring it to that level. We need to really smarten up and train ourselves, and 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 you know, get people who know what they're talking about. They can educate us on literally what the science is. I mean, I've been hunting since I was born. You don't, I I don't know what the science is. It's just I've been doing it my whole life. I don't think about it in a scientific way, but there is a scientific." Um, measure here that you know so many states biologists are are working on and there's data and you brought up the mountain lion studies that was you know it was done in mendocino county and and um you know basically said that that bears were the um the largest you know the biggest reason for for fawn mortality um so that's the stuff we have to focus on and i think that's how we went over um the 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 undecided when we need to it has to be science we have to call out those people that are opposing us is anti-science like we can't get in an argument about over hunting getting an argument over science because what are they going to say i mean you said yourself they 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 showed up they don't have any science and you know houndsmen showed up and they were just like well this is what we love to do and that we have to focus on the science and it has and and fishermen anglers shooters everybody has to come together squirrel hunters Need the support, bear hunter. You know what I mean. Everybody has to come together and support that, and 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 um and have science be you know the main main focus. That's that's how I think we're going to get the undecided.
1: Well, and, and to to that point, Charles, like keeping the legislature out of wildlife management decisions because I'll be honest with you, the legislature and talk to the houndsmen, like talk to Kelly. I mean, they don't give a damn about the science. Some of them do. But the supermajority doesn't, all they care about is the emotions. And I could list a thousand different examples of, of legislation where they base it all on emotions, right? That's why keeping things out of the legislature, getting the legis- the commission more engaged in the legislature, like we talked about earlier, you know, and driving those decisions over to the commission, where they are largely based on science. And with the addition of Erica's Avaletta, who's only been on the commission for less than a year, right? I mean. You know i mean we're in a position there where we can we can drive those decisions based on science we're never going to achieve that in the legislature at all yep
0: great it's gonna it's gonna be a while before we get to argue about when when hound season should be open <laughs> or not <laughs> overlapping with bear no. season when we get to that discussion being being uh important we will have made a lot of progress on a lot of other issues in uh, along that path so that um until then we can we can just ask for a second tag or ask for spring or or just more 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 uh more on the quota so um anyways hey everybody i appreciate you being here um got an extra 20 minutes out of you thank you um again You know, share these opportunities with with fellow hunters, even if they can just sit in and listen to these these meetings, not just this meeting, but but the wildlife resource and fishing game Commission meetings and. um, I keep saying these nothing is going to come out of these um, meetings quickly everything that we're talking about in terms of goals or ideas that we want to see. enacted are you know year to multi year initiatives that are going to take. Uh, consistent input from us and consistent input input from you know 10 to 20x of of the people here so we need to continue recruiting like-minded you know people that want to you know contribute and and be a part of the process and and help us develop some leadership in the community of hunting so thank you um I'm going to end it now, and uh, we'll see you all there on the 16th, I hope, next Thursday. And uh, we'll see you in the uh, social media world as well. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Mike. Mike.
3: Thank
2: you very much, Mike.
0: All right. Thank you, Bill. We'll see you all. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.